Hail, hail. Good evening, folks, and welcome along to the latest episode of the Endless Silks podcast. Uh, my name is Anthony. Delighted to be joined by Captain of the Ship, Mr. Stephen Tomlinson, and like myself, fresh from the Endless Silks Christmas party, El Franco. How you doing, boys? All good. I woke up was yesterday. You were all literally down with a hangover. I couldn't make the Christmas party, but I was literally down in my bed. I'm choked up with a cold and everything again. So I'm trying to get through this, but looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. No, so you, were, you were there with us in spirit, Stephen, if nothing else. And by God, did we drink a lot of spirits. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's all good. Um, and welcome along to all the viewers as well. Um, we're obviously, it's going to be nice to be talking about some regular Celtic action. Of course, the boys were back. On Saturday, lunchtime, big trip up to Pataudry and we came away with three massive points in the title race. And uh, we'll also be discussing the return there. Captain Fantastic, Mr McGregor, who popped up with a winning goal. James Forrest, that just added to his legend with 100 assists now. And um, we'll be looking ahead to Livingston on Wednesday night. And I'm sure we might have to pay tribute to a certain little mercurial who completed football yesterday with uh, Argentina. What a game it was. Uh, perhaps not the, you know, not the place that we maybe would have wanted it to happen, but I don't think MD can deny that it was an absolutely fantastic uh, final. And um, yeah, it's just great to see the wee man lifting the, the big gold. So plenty to get through the night, boys. Um, but first of all, just before we get started, just, uh, um, about our sponsors, Beer 52, just the usual. If you go on, you get a box of beer with their code, just in time for Santa coming on Sunday. And... Um, yeah, and I'm sure Franny's pulled another 30 points ahead in ah, the, we'll the Super 6 as well. It's, it's no starting back to the 26th October. Uh, no, it's only a couple of weeks off. He could probably just not do any more uh, <laughs> no, entrance between now and the end of the season. He'd still want it. Uh, <laughs> you're some man. Uh, but Stephen will come straight into it. Obviously, as much as you know the World Cup... Uh, you know, that it was a great game yesterday and all that. There was only one talking point uh, in terms of Saturday, and that was, of course, the Celts being back in action. Like we say, we were up at Pataudry. Very tough game to go to, especially this time of year. Um, but Aberdeen decided just to park the bus. Um, you know, dreadful, the kind of tactics that could get football stopped. But it looked like it was maybe going to at least get a, um, a point for them. But Celtic, as we always seem to do, we never stopped. And we managed to come away with the three with, with the three points. What was your thoughts <coughs> on the, the performance? Just Celtic being back, and of course the the end result. Well, I mean, first of all, Celtic being back trumps any World Cup that I'll ever watch. Like, I just love watching Celtic play, and everyone knows international football isn't the the best thing for me. I love club football, love watching Celtic. Obviously, Lionel Messi winning for Argentina, we can't really top that. Like, so the, the wee guys are gone. But on the Celtic, I mean, Aberdeen kind of played. I don't know, it played like how you would expect like a ninth division team to come up with all up against like a, a professional team for the first time. They just sat back really deep. I think they didn't have a shot on target the whole game. I think it, I think it was something like that, which was absolutely crazy. And we, we registered over 700 passes in the game. They had 61 or 61 between Latin 90. Absolutely <coughs> incredible stats. And I know Jim Goodman was saying in his... Uh, his press conference that he wanted to try something different, but I thought he really sold out the Aberdeen fans who, who turned up for that game. And when it, the, the the sort of run of form they're on, they're third in the table. Well, at least they were. Obviously, the, the postponed fixtures and stuff have to come into that, but they preferred in the league. 
and their home form. I think they've won the last five out of six. They're on a decent scoring run of form. Uh, Duke up, Duke up front with um, Miwaski, two two big uh, target men, and he he's quick on the ball as well. And I just thought, what are they trying to do? It was just anti football at its finest, Anthony. I think he got a hundred percent bang on. Park on the bus, wow. I mean, that brought with a, a whole different term, didn't it? Really, like it was just just sitting in your your eighteen yard box and not moving. And then they tried to kind of <coughs> play up the pitch and kind of win the flick goals and stuff. But Starfelt and Fickers swept that up all day. Wasn't working for them. He didn't change it. I mean, is it isn't a good one, or is it just something kind of we never stopped? <laughs> Captain Calmack comes back with a fantastic finish in the bottom right hand corner with a 100 assist for um, James Forrest, which is incredible. But yeah, having Selby back is unbelievable. Honestly. I've missed him. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was an early Christmas present for us, Franco. And uh, of course, I hadn't quite um, arrived at the Christmas party by that point, but I know you boys were getting well and truly wired into the baby at that point. Must have been some feeling when uh, Cal Mike burst the net. Uh, it was probably because it was, it was one of the ones where the whole game, as much as Celtic dominated it, yeah, Aberdeen sat in, but we, I felt it, certainly the latter parts of the second half, we certainly penned them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it just kind of <coughs> felt, it felt like it was got to be a nil-nil. I never ever thought we were going to lose it the way Aberdeen had set up, but it just, it, it's, as it went on, it felt like it had nil-nil written all over it. And then all Ross kept on saying was like, I had got to drop points here, got to drop. And I was like, ah, we know, we know. And it, but it's one of the ones you're not want to admit it. But you're like, ah, then obviously, Carl McGregor's just a great strike. Like a nice wee flick for James Forrest. I think I actually slated him. I was like, that's a terrible back pass. That's a terrible back heel. And then Carl McGregor, a couple of touches and he's slotted it right in the bottom corner. But... It was a it was a very strange game because it did feel like the first game back maybe at the start of the season or like obviously it was a long break but it felt like a sort of opening game of the season where yeah, you're struggling just to kind of get up to pace and things like that it just it had that feel about it but it was like maybe a wee slight concern about going all but it's now I don't know if maybe the the clinical side or lack of it is now creeping into the league form a bit because. I think I can remember at one point seeing a start that we had 30 shots on goal and only eight on target. And all I can only, from the eight, I can only rely on <coughs> making one. He made two, a good save for Jota, but I think it was a comfy save where Jota kind of sort of curved that, cut inside and curved it and tried to hit it across the keeper and the keeper made a comfy enough save. I think the other one was, I'm not, it might have been O'Reilly where he dived down low and Maeda was just kind of coming in. They managed to flick it away yeah. with his leg in the first half. That's not it, was it, though? Was it Hattie? I can't remember who uh, kind of on the edge was, of the box, yeah. mate, and it just it was down low and managed to mm. kick it away with his leg when my head was. So that's only really top class save I can remember him making. Kyogo misses an absolute set on the second half. He's got to score that one. But like we said, it's what I like is we didn't seem to panic. It was as much as we were maybe just saying get Jackamakas and lump it in the box and things like that, just play off maybe the second ball or he'll below the centre halves. I thought they just thought, no, we'll stick to the game plan if if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll die in a sword effectively if you want it. But I just absolutely stuck to the game plan. I can remember at one point, I think it was maybe five five or so minutes before the goal, Ralston got a ball out wide and it just like recycled it back inside. But he gave it to McGregor and it absolutely went mental. Like it, McGregor <coughs> went mental because he didn't get the ball quick enough. I think, I think Ralston turned two touches where it, it 
probably only needed one, but he turned two touches and McGregor's like, no, no, faster, faster. And I think that's kind of what it was. It was just, it was sideways passing, but it wasn't fast enough at times. And obviously, James Forrest does that wee bit, cuts inside, and then just a wee back heel. And uh, it, was, it was a relief about Anthony, because it was just, it was putting a wee bit of damper on what was turning out to be a good day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, there's fewer things that make a day even better than, than, than a late winner, um, especially away from home. Wally Stewart. Oh, Wally Stewart's up there, man. Oh, Bendy's. Like, we we can't wax lyrical, but that's enough. Because obviously he, he's he's re renovated his garage, so we were all out there drinking and watching the football. But you know that way. I mean, he had the heaters on, but it was you know yeah. it's December. Uh, but my <laughs> God, when he came out with that plate of stew, man, that was me. Oh. That set me up for the night. Ah, oh, it was class. By the way, I'm glad he's knowing this for the money of this podcasting game because he could make a wee bit of money at the stew and things like that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's not just a great quiz master. He's yeah. a fantastic all, uh, cook That's as well. Top chef. Um, but no, I think that was... You're bang on there, Franco. And a lot of the guys are saying that in the comments as well. That kind of start a season feel to it. Uh, Stephen, I had that kind of... You know, lots of players rusting up quite <coughs> fully up to speed yet. By the same token, though, I think it is game... Without sound cliche, there is games like this that at the end of the season can be so important. You know, yeah. obviously we, with the Rangers winning on the Thursday night, it would just have been a daily record writer's wet dream if, you know, Celtic had dropped points at the first case of asking. Ah. But uh, as we could see from uh, some of the online screenshots and, of course, Hugh Keevans on Clyde One, uh, their oh. tears were just absolutely delicious again. Well, the percentage more would go on saying, I, I cover my mic, can you hear me cough? You can't hear like when I cover my mic. You can't hear me cough. No, no, no. no. no that's grand. So I don't want to keep doing it like a twat. But yeah, <laughs> um, <coughs> I think Marty comes in with a good I point totally here. You coughing? Do you think like totally accidentalities was a big miss on, uh, on Saturday? I thought, to, to be fair, I I thought to be fair he would have started ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I don't think had a particularly good game. But mm-hmm. in regards to to that, the the win it saved us from a lot of not negative pre- press, but a lot of spin. By the major press people in terms of what this, what that could mean, us dropping points, momentum going over to the the other team, as a certain Ian Bale likes to <laughs> phrase us as. And I don't know we got called it. Mike Bale. Mike but that, that's his brother. You know what I mean? Give me some credit there, Franny. Really? I get Phil Mitchell, Phil Mitchell on me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it. What I don't like is your man Bale's commend a lot of fanfare, right? And we all know, yeah, he's got <coughs> credentials as a coach, right? But if we, if he had went into this game and we draw points after him coming back from that kind of deficit against Hibs, winning three two, then already that media is going to start turning and turning and turning. The pressure's on Posta Coglu. Celtic drop two points or three points, or it may be Razors and cut the gap and all this pish. Do you know what I mean? But it, it comes back to the same thing. It's not over to the final whistle's been blown. Do you know what I mean? Cal McGregor. Who was immense, by the way, for his first game back. I know he played in a, in a wee um, <coughs> bounce game against Ryan, but he was just immense and he offers us so much. And it was great to see him get that goal and kind of bring us over the line and celebrate with the fans. And yeah, it's, it's just the whole, it's the narrative. And it's like the Hugh Keevans thing was magic, wasn't it? Sam ran, ran out of ideas. Relatively short space of time, man. Yeah. It's called Duncan said on Clyde One, are you ever going to learn? You know, it's just. <laughs> yeah. um, it's but, you know it's he's, incredible. He's not a man that gets embarrassed easily. It's incredible the amount of 
absolute shite you hear from these pundits. And then when you see the screenshots from certain elements of whatever their, their support website is, the forums are on, saying that how, how can we stop them? How do we change uh-huh. our tactics? What 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 team's going to help us out? It just pays to the fact that we're an absolute machine, and if we keep keep playing the way we are, then we're going to be hard to stop. <coughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. And uh, Stephen, you obviously touched that was going to be my, my next point. That was a seamless uh, transition there. <laughs> Thanks for that. We uh, that we open goal there. Um, I'm obviously talking about the return, uh, Franco, Ekal, McGregor, and of course, the last um, few weeks, but leading up to the World Cup, of course, he was out as well with through injury and suspension. And, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, stepped up to the plate. You know, you look at your, you know, Atati's, O'Reilly's and Haksabanovich is great as well. And, of course, Stephen's best pal, Aaron Moyes, uh, had a great few <laughs> games as well. Um, but, of course, there's nobody that can replace the captain fully. And it was just great to see him back and doing what he does best, running the show. Aye, by the way, that's true. Um, <laughs> I no, it was it was good to see him back, and I think I think we all say that in a roundabout way, the the injury could do him do him like a massive favour, just because the Gank McGregor's played sixty games averages a season for God knows how many seasons. So obviously we'd have had to break with the World Cup regardless, but I think obviously speaking of the benefit of hindsight, because obviously we've, I don't think we dropped. Domestically, I don't think we dropped any points. I think we won every game that he never, he never featured in. Um, so, obviously, kind of speaking with the benefit of hindsight, saying did that, is that layoff got to be really good for him? And the fact that he's he's got to be a wee bit fresher, it's just rest, as much as he's injured, he's got to be resting up. He's, he's missed a few games in that sense. So, I think I think the second part of the season could be massive for the fact that he'll, he's got to have a bit of energy, I feel like, to... He's not going to be running on empty, although, he, like we say, he plays sixty games a season. Doesn't seem to doesn't seem to matter. Him, but I thought he put in a real <coughs> captain's performance. He was just seemed to be involved in absolutely everything in the middle of the park and dictating everything. Uh they didn't even wear the Brimbrogs the other night. That must have been the problem. We're we're fucked when they put them. They, they turned up in their they went in their tracksuits. Track didn't they? I know. First home first home game and they went with tracksuits. Tradition. It's tradition. <laughs> no. Okay. Traditional uh, traditions. I, that's what they always I, call it. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's ab- absolutely fantastic to see the captain back then. Even it's it was just kind of fitting that he was he was a difference on the day. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Stephen, you would have been delighted to see the captain back as well. Being a captain yourself of uh, this <laughs> podcast, it's always good to see the uh, the man on the pitch deliver. Well, I mean, to be fair, Carl McGregor's communi- communication skills have to be better this tonight. I'm shocked <laughs> get a, a satin's going here tonight. But uh, I mean, having him back is is what, what we need. And Jed Thomas said in the comments there that he was excellent when he came back last season from his injury and uh, from the eye mask and stuff. And he t- took on a different persona. It was incredible. But uh, but him coming back, just, imagine being a team, right? The closest team to you, Rangers, brother, right? And you're looking and you're like, right, where can we get them? And they're like, Jesus Christ, the best midfielder of Scotland's not even on the pitch and they're still winning games. And then he comes back into the team and gets the winning goal after a dog fight with Aberdeen. You're going, you must be going, what, what, what is going on? Like, you know, like <laughs> it's he, he's an he's an, an incredible player. And we talk about the whole Scott Brown impact, and Scott Brown was fantastic for us, led us through numerous uh, trophy laden years and trebles, quadruple trebles, <laughs> all of that. But McGregor has took that mantelpiece and very much made it his own. He's a different type of captain. He leads more by what I would call 
playing on the pitch and not shouting as much, but like leading by example, sort of, you follow the way I play, we'll be fine. You match my effort, we'll be fine. You hurry up. As you, as you said, Franny, there was times in the game where he was cracking, physically cracking up at a certain amount of players like Ralston as well, who I thought, by the way, wasn't that great. But um, yeah, it's, it's just his influence to have on the pitch again and that common influence coming into this final bit of the season. Yeah, we're nine points ahead, but not many of that things been over the over the course, so to speak, in terms of years after years of kind of a title uh, chase or doing that. I know we overturned a deficit last season, but we're, people are chasing us now. So we have to keep the momentum going mm. and have McGregor back in the team of Hings final in a perfect, perfect time. Perfect time to have him back. Absolutely. There's so many big games coming up and I'm sure he'll be absolutely two instrumental. Two seconds. Two seconds, Anthony. Okay. That's for you, Monty. That's for you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, you know, Franco, going from one, you know, standard setter in Callum McGregor to another, and it's uh, another one of our homegrown heroes, one of the most decorated players in our history. Talking, obviously, about James Forrest, who uh, came on as a substitute in the, in the match. And... Um, you know, he's already got his 100th goal for Celtic earlier in the year, um, back in October. And then, and again, another early Christmas present with a little layoff for Callum's goal on, on Saturday, which got him his 100th assist. Now, he's only one of only three players in Celtic's history to reach the accolade on, on both counts. <coughs> um, he just seems to be evergreen. He's just, he's always, uh, he's just uh, never seems to drop his standards and he gets his rewards. Is that like folk did like the length of his contract was questioned and things like that when he got it at the end of I keep saying end of the season when he signed an extra three years or something. But it's fun moments like that because I wouldn't say when he came on he was outstanding, but he was always wanting the ball. He was always trying something. If it wasn't coming off, it wasn't hiding. He was getting the ball again and trying again. He was running that boy so. Things like that, that can make things happen. It can open up spaces. Guys have, if Forrest is willing, because he was having a couple of shots outside the box and things like that as well. So then teams have got to maybe, like Aberdeen, like we said, were sitting in. They've got to then go, well, one of these shots could end up sitting, going to the top corner or that. So we maybe need to go and then attack the ball, creates that space. But I thought it was really, really good. And it's absolutely madness that you think that this guy's actually got 100 goals and 100 assists in midfield. It's, it's absolutely... Absolutely amazing. It was, like I say, I thought without being brilliant, I thought he made a lot of things. Sounds like the biggest contradiction ever, but without being brilliant, I thought, it, thought he made a lot of things happen on Saturday just with the fact that he just he always seemed to bought the ball and he just kept on running at Aberdeen and, or he would take just shift inside and take a wee shot and things like that. So I think he he created a lot of space without looking amazing, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that, that, that's it. And that's what a lot of these these great players can do, you know, even if they're not having the best uh, days at the office or they're never not at their absolute most effective, they can still find a way to have some kind of influence on the game. Stephen and Paul just put up a, a brilliant quote. It might be a great agree to disagree um, <laughs> the, the topic. Um, is James Forrest one of the most underrated players in our lifetime? Well, he, he certainly has to be up there because when you think of what he's won, not just, mm-hmm. you know, his honours at, at the club, but obviously these personal accolades now, 100 goals, 100 assists, but you know, he's never he's not always been universally loved by the support, shall we say. Mm. And even now the, the Green Brigade don't or you know the rest of the fans, you know, they don't have a, a specific, you know, Jamesy Forrest uh song that you know we sing any time he scores one of these goals or that. He's just he's always seems to have been someone that's just kind of went slightly under the radar. 
I mean, to, to be fair to Forrest, like, yeah, like Jeff the King, Forrest never moans or groans. He does get some of it. He's a very, um, he's a low profile type fella. You don't really, you never see him on social media. You never see him really. No, exactly. But you never really see him do interviews. And when he does interviews, he looks awkward, like he doesn't want to be there. So you can kind of really tell he doesn't really like the limelight, right? That's Let's put that out. He just loves playing for Celtic. And I'm guilty of it. I've been on this podcast numerous times, said I don't believe that he would make a final impact, especially in his, his age and years and come at the end of his career at Celtic. And yes, I agree <clears throat> to keep him around as a, a legend type around the club and learn young players often. But the impact he made, again, contradiction time, like me and Franny are on a road here. But the, the impact he, he made against Aberdeen can't, can't be underestimated. We were finding it tough to break them down. And I've seen a lot of people say it was kind of a fluke assist, but. Maybe he didn't think it was going to lead to a goal, right? Let's, let's be fair. He's just played it behind him again. A, a nifty back Taylor, side of his foot back to McGregor. He didn't probably realise at the time it would lead to a goal. It was just it was out of McGregor's feet and then the bottom corner of in second. So that's where he got his assist. But then you have to take your mind. Fast forward, I think it was five or ten minutes into the game again before um, injury time. And he took on three or four players on the left-hand side to get us up the pitch and away from danger. So he, can still, he still has that in him. Do you know what I mean? And Forrest, for me, I remember when he came on against uh, Motherwell when he got his debut. And I always remember the black boot, boots, boots he used to wear. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for boots. Like, I just look at them and I always remember them for some reason. It stays in my head. I think it was he scored against Motherwell, didn't he? When, when he yeah, came yeah, on yeah. in one of his first Aye, games. And ever since then, he's been in the about the team. And Neil Lennon uh, obviously introduced him to us. And he's been linked with moves away. I know Spurs are interested in, in, at one point, but... Uh, a guy to me, he's a legend. He can, he can, he cannot say he isn't. He's won everything in terms of domestic level, like not like mm. European cups and stuff like that. Mm. But if you're sitting and you can look, my hypothetically here, boys work with me, mm. and you can look at a table and you're with Henrik Larson and Jimmy Johnson, and it's only you three there, you've done something good. Uh, you've no. done something good. Like if you, if you, if you're telling no someone like, uh. that, that this is the company you keep. Then there's no argument to me that he shouldn't be held in such high esteem at Celtic. Can I just go to the comments here? Bring them in a wee bit about the high switch up and King. So Stubbsy's horse. Taurus will be more fondly fought off with the passing of time. Yeah, I 100%. think so. Uh, Jay Thomas, Peter Grant got a lot of stick back when he played for us. It's always the Scallies guys who get us from the fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Egyptian King. Taurus definitely deserves <coughs> a testimonial match. Yep. Alistair yeah, Jack sure has, cons- has concern for myself. <laughs> Thank you, Alistair. But yeah, a lot of a lot of people then this hundred percent against Jack their Carragall. Do you remember that night? Uh, oh, he scored yeah, yeah. oh, that was incredible. But yeah, he's a he's a, a cracking player, and again, he's changed with his age because he's picked up injuries, he's picked up all these high performance injuries from his speed. He doesn't have the burst. I look like I mean like over relentless amount yeah. of yards. He has it over a short period of time now. But when he first came onto the scene, he was tracking back, he was going forward, he was taking players on for fun. That's maybe slipped away now and then from him. But again, you cannot underestimate what, what he's done for us. Nelson Jack, this is something that's up. He was a free agent until Rogers came in. Yeah, I think that's yeah. one of the things you always got to get. You know, he, Brendan Rogers took his game, and you could argue mm-hmm. probably Scott Brown in that category as well. He just mm-hmm. took these guys' games to the, the next level, made them, you know, they were always winners anyway. Of course, they'd, you know, they'd won. Honours at Celtic, but he turned them into the, the serial winners. That it gave them that ruthless streak, I think. And uh, yeah, of course. What do you think about a, this? 
Yeah. I, I always find it interesting. Gary Melrose. Mm-hmm. Forrest can't, <coughs> can't jump, can't tackle, isn't great at beating a player one-on-one and only has one hamstring but just keeps scoring an assistant. Mm-hmm. I mean, fair enough, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a weird description. Uh, I, I agree that maybe now he's no great at beating one, like a man wanting one, but two, three years ago he was... It would run quite a few boys easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, just to kind of kind of round off with the, the chat about Saturday, guys, I think um didn't realise at the time, it's, it's just something that came up on my, my news feed earlier today and I thought I'd shoehorn it in. Um, Cal McGregor's goal on Saturday was Celtic's 200th competitive goal uh, under Ange which you know it's came around just a little under 18 months which is a pretty incredible start and it's also um, the one year anniversary of when Ange won his first silverware at Celtic it was a year ago today that we won the League Cup against Hibs at Hamden when you know Kyogo scored the two magnificent goals to get as our first silverware um, under Ange I just think so far he's just been a, an absolute breath of fresh air he certainly didn't arrive with any of the fanfare that um, a certain Mr. Beal has been, um, you know, given in the last uh, the last couple of weeks. But I think he's just done what he always did, just got on with it. Never gets too high when we win, never too low when we lose, which is a pretty rare event anyway. And, um, you know, the, these these little milestones and, and these anniversaries just show in such a short space of time, Stephen, what an impact he's had at Celtic. I mean, again... An, an absolute incredible character to have in our club in terms of management like him. 200 goals, 100 at home, 100 away, isn't it? So it's an so even spread. Mad. And that is madness. That is absolute madness to have that perfect kind of yeah. equal type stance both home and away. And I mean, you couldn't even plan that if you tried. That's that's total <laughs> pat luck that that's happened. But again, like, when Maybe you that's why we've been missing a lot of chances recently. We wanted to get it perfect on each side. <laughs> Miss it, boys. Miss it, boys. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> but, um, I think you have to look at it from when he came in from the outset. As you said, Anthony, I'm not, never going to tire of doing it. The difference in media reaction in terms of Postacoglu and Bill is incredible. The biasm, the, the, the way they report it, the way they put it in the papers, even on the TV stations, it's mad. They think Michael Bale's like Pep Guardiola mm-hmm. or Mick Bale, whatever fuck he's called and then Paul the call the, the, the basically asked him do you know who Hearts is like what fuck it's like give the gap break and a year and a half or whatever it may be now 200 domestic goal at Celtic madness ripping ripping teams apart and I know in recent times we've been the odd goal here and there but it will come again it'll click again mm-hmm. once the boys are back up to speed after this break I think we're going to be again a machine we'll, we'll get goals everywhere and the new signings, Alzer Johnson and uh, Yugi Kobayashi, kind of fitting into the team as well. Getting chances will be good to see. And, and I know we're gonna hopefully get after another attacker because it's quite <coughs> interesting to me that Kyogo, and I love Kyogo, but he misses a lot, a lot of chances. He should have had two against Aberdeen, and I, don't, I really don't know how he's missed them. Jack and Marcus, to me just looks pissed off, and I, I don't blame him. And I, I really do believe the rumours that he wants away. Maybe no, maybe in in terms of a, like a different, better club or a bigger club, that's not going to happen. But maybe more money. Do you know what I mean? He's come 20 and 29. He wants to be the, the top uh, striker of the club. I don't know what it is. He's not getting enough game time or enough chances to Celtic, which is really frustrating. But will Postecoglou have another attacker in mind? That's one thing 
and kind of holding up there because I do believe in leading another one like but yeah Apostle Cogley in that time 200 goals incredible yeah. and then it's I suppose it's a pretty you know it's a bit of a strange one uh, Franco because obviously we're, you know, we're saying it's 200 goals in the 18 months he's been there and we're talking about it being the f- first anniversary of uh, of his winning our first silverware under Ange but if there's one person that never ever looks back it's it's Ange Postacoglu. He's always somebody that's looking forward and looking for the next thing. And of course, as Stephen says, we've got some new arrivals already um, in the building, ready to um, start work in January. <coughs> maybe more to come in the January window as well. And he's already announced that there's already plans in place for the for the summer and beyond. He just seems to be somebody that lives up to the mantra of his, his slogan, never stops. Uh, I think that... When that stat came up, I think John had mentioned it at the time, but it must have seen something as well. It was like a 200th goal and 100 home and away and things like that. It's just been thinking doing that in 18 months. Absolutely mad. Just to score 200 goals. Obviously, like Stephen said, it's pure fluke that it's split right down the middle. It's, that's just luck, but it's, it's mad because you would expect more home goals. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, with that, I think we said quite a few times uh, after the League Cup game, last season as well, like, there was a lot of similarities with Fim Janssen's season to, to Postacoglu's season, it's just, the League Cup might not be the most popular cup to win, but you start winning silverware earlier on, early in the season, it gives, it instills that belief in the players going, look, this, now you've got silverware, it proves, proves I'm right, it, Postacoglu being big head, it's like, Look, I've told you, this works, this works, and now you've got silver weight yeah. to prove for it. So I find it like, obviously we're still winning games at that time, but then when you can actually put silverware on, it's like going, well, look, as I say, we're, we're winning things, we've got silverware. Stick with me, guys. This is working. This is how we will win football games. And obviously then goes on to win the, it goes on to win the league and things. But um, I, the, the new bot, like, it's, it's, it has always seemed to be, I think, the way we do our business on the Postacoglu is brilliant. It's, we never really hear mad rumours. We never seem to be chasing somebody for weeks and weeks and weeks. What was that one, Stephen? See, don't be surprised uh, to see Yakimakis on Wednesday night. I find it weird with Kyle because last season he was he seemed a lot more clinical, and this season yeah, he did. Certain, like you look at the league cup goals, that is ridiculous. Two league cup goals, and then he misses a tap in, and so I appreciate everybody mm-hmm. can miss tap ins. But last season it didn't feel like Kyogo was missing the tap ins. They were going like I can remember one Aberdeen actually scored off his chest at the back post. Mm-hmm. Like it just seemed to go. I, and... I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying this is comparable, right? Mm-hmm. But this reminds me. Do you remember when? Like, not not saying the players mm-hmm. are similar, but I'm saying how the two seasons have gone in terms of the first one. And into the half of the, the second one. Remember when Masai Saraski, his first season, he was banging uh, them in? No, yeah. Uh, Sac- yeah. Second season, he was kind of stop and start, stop and start. Man, um, there's no way I'm saying Saraski and Kyogo are the same caliber player. I believe Kyogo's a far, far more uh, superior player. But what I'm saying is, is it a confidence issue? Because of the Champions I League, think it might be, he got I a think, lot of stick. I mean? think it might be a confidence thing because you see that. I, th- I think it's maybe a culture thing, the way that where they're from as. They seem a very friendly type of type of people and things like that. So I think mm. when things aren't going as being not used to getting <coughs> sick and things like that, it's maybe if he was having poor form back over in Japan, it's maybe reported differently and things like that. Mm. But personally, I would I think Jack and Marcus deserves to be playing more often and get yeah, more chances. I, I, yeah. I, 
it's one of the ones it's it's like they're they're all Yarana, but you can have your preference of it called another one's right. It's know that the other one you just mm-hmm. prefer the other and I think that now with me it's I prefer Jack and Marcus. I just like that it seems an absolute it's a unit, but it just seems an absolute billow in the park. It's it'll, it'll Take your leave. I don't know. I don't know, but I like it seemed like he'll not shut down as well and as quick as Kyogo, but mm. he still does it. He still puts in the graft. He will still work up there. And I think when things teams try and kick us off the park a wee bit, I think he, he's like a big brother. He's just like, nah, I'll show you. Let's pick on somebody in size. I'm, I'm up for a bit of this. Mm. And I think to touch on your question there, Stephen, with the leave, I would agree that there's a lot of these Celtic players will not They'll potentially go and make more money. But yeah. your Kyogos, Maeda's, Jack and Marcus and things like that, um, I don't think they'll go to a bigger club. No. Maybe go to somewhere where they'll make more money. That's I'm not going to doubt that. But I mean, if the rumours are true that he's changed agent, it's it's one of the ones he's not maybe starting as much as you would expect uh, the new agent as at the media, as things just happening. What I would say, I, like, I don't, looking at Jack and Marcus, I don't think. He looks. I would. To be. I wouldn't want my striker to be on the bench or buzzing, smiling if he's not getting a chance. Something yeah. like Jack and who was effective for a league's top goal scorer last season. I would want him to look a wee bit annoyed. I don't think he looks like a bad egg where he's trying to engineer a move away. Maybe his agents, maybe feeding things to the media and things like that. But if I was his agent, I would be being careful not to have a go at Giacomacus. If you look at Giacomacus's career, he's had two good seasons. One was at Celtic mm-hmm. and one was not. David. I don't think Giacomacus scored. No, Giacomacus is 27 28. I don't think he's got 100 career goals yet. Now, 27 28 for a. We're talking about James Forrest as a midfielder. Appreciate he's 31. But if Forrest has got 100 goals for midfield, Giacomacus is a striker and hasn't got 100 career goals yet. I, if yeah. I'm Giacomacus's agent, I would be like, going, I've be careful what you're doing here. Like you're, well, you're so doing, seen, but at the same, to totally flip it, it could be going well. Look, you've only had two good seasons. You might be only had a couple of good seasons in you. This could be your only chance to get that big move, big yeah. contract. So it's I can understand it for both parents, but maybe his agent is feeding some stuff to media, but certainly for the outside looking at Jack Marcus doesn't look like he's trying like try to upset the dressing room. I'm maybe a bit annoyed and I can accept that I want that for my striker, but I wouldn't. I'm not concerned that he's got to leave. A sign that um, was sorry, hopefully a, a sign that um, the only kind of traction that a club's interested in Jack and Marcus is one from Saudi Arabia. So that really tells uh, the story for me. If you're looking at if he's looking big bucks, then you're going to go there. I know I a Saudi Arabian club offered Ronaldo what was it, twenty seven million a year or something? No, something like that, 200. or two hundred. That's that's madness. Incredible, and then did you see the the whole Scott Robertson thing? A, was Boyle known at like I don't know if it was Saudi Arabia, but Martin Boyle went to but ah, he was on big balls, yeah, yeah. But then we seen that that move didn't really kind of work know. out either, you know. I, know. I think, listen, of course, you know, you have to take into account money's always going to be at the back of some of these guys' mm-hmm. minds, but you know, you, you can't you can't claim to be taken seriously if you're going to sign for Saudi a Saudi Arabian club, do you know? What I mean, that's where you go. When your career is essentially over, or just for for a for a money move. So in terms of if he wants to, you know, further his career or whatever, he either stays with us or or he would move to, like you say, a, 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 a perhaps another environment where, he, like you say, perhaps make more money. Wouldn't necessarily be a bigger club, but he would certainly still be playing at a <coughs> high level. 
But uh, yeah, I dare say we'll we'll just have to wait and see. January's always a long month, isn't it? I'm sure there'll be mm-hmm. the rumor mill will be in, in full flow. There's lots of chat about us um, looking at another striker, Stephen. So we'll just need to need to wait and see what happens with it. But I'm yeah. Available. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Dembele, as much as I love Jackamacus, oh. I'll drive Jackamacus to the airport to swap him for Dembele. He's going for a free, by the way. He's, Aye, a, he's, he's probably going to be 780 grand a week in that program. Yeah, I think maybe just out of your price range now. <laughs> but yeah, he's certainly uh, he's certainly good for the for the Derby clatter on, uh, on Twitter, I have to say. Um, but guys, in terms of the Aberdeen game, that's, that kind of rounds it off. But obviously, we're Straight back in action again uh, on Wednesday night. First home game back uh, post-World Cup when we welcome Livingston to, to Celtic Park. So probably good practice for us with Jim Goodwin's tactics on Saturday, Stephen, because we are, as we all know, Livingston never come to Celtic Park with any ambition other than trying to get football stopped. And uh, annoyingly, it's actually worked a couple of times with, the, with their anti-football tactics. Um, of course, David Martindale's healed a tactical genius for that. We have been the media darling that he is. Jim Goodwin will get lambasted for it when both of them deserve equal amounts of criticism. Um, what's your your thoughts on the game? How do you think we'll set up? How do you think um, we'll try and combat um, Livingston's I'm, tactics? And what is your team lineup and score prediction? To be fair, like Martindale has a, a weird love in the Colony. Every time I've heard him speak about him, he, he's really really given praise and spoke about how much he, he loves his work and what he's done with Celtic. Obviously, that's more tongue-in-cheek than anything because we all know what side of the fancy really falls on. But yeah, Livingston, like Aberdeen, like uh, Jim Goodwin went up to Tony Macaroni Stadium and followed their tactics for a week just to see how to set up against us. Like It's incredible. <clears throat> the, the professional team goes to, goes to a park or a stadium to play like that. It's mental, like and ten men behind the ball. <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> ten men behind the ball. Hello, Franny. Don't be laughing at me here. <laughs> and like their only hope is knocking along to your your man Nubile, who's actually quite good. To be fair, let's be honest. He yeah, he goes a lot well. He's been a bit of a nuisance, but I would expect us to maybe make a few changes. I was about to come in. I'd say or hacks a benefits if he's available to replace Mieta. I still think Hugo's going to uh, be up top. So my lineup would be uh, Joe Hart, Ralston, Thickers, Starfelt, Burnaby, Cal McGregor, Hatate, O'Reilly, Abada, Kyogo, and uh, Jada. And the score prediction will be 3 1 to Celtic. 3 1. We'll take that. I'll take that all day long. And what about yourself, Franco? What's your. your... Thoughts on Wednesday night's match? I don't want to jinx it, but I think it'll be fairly comfortable. Just simply being at, at Parkhead, we seem to have sort of kicked that hoodoo, I feel like, at Livingston. To kind of touch on David Martin, I think you're, you're, you're bang on. This sense Anthony is kind of lauded for that, just sitting in tactic and hoofball, if you like. But And I know what you're saying, Stephen, how he seems to be a wee lover. And we post the coggle, it, it does it with Rangers. But if it really got into <coughs> Martindale's past, I think that's quite intelligent for him. He's no one stuff dug up. He starts calling oh. it. He starts calling it some things for the, the old firm. Oh, sorry, the the two Glasgow teams, should I say? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's it. Set, You're off some, the pod. <laughs> some, se- <laughs> some, se- some sections of the some sections of the the media might start digging up some some naughty stuff about him that really mm-hmm. really needs to just be left where it is. The guy's done his safety his time at the end of the. Day. So I think he's, I think for David Martindale's sake, I think he needs to 
chooses chooses words uh, wisely and things like that in, in interviews. But I th- I think it'll be a fairly comfortable comfortable evening. Just simply being at Parkhead. Hopefully, a few more goals. Um, but just I, I I just didn't fancy Levy against us uh, at Parkhead and just in the bigger picture, I think it's obviously harder for them to to shut to close it in and there'll be there should be more space. And I agree with Steve. I think we'll play guys like Abada. I know my head obviously played, but I think like guys like Maiden that'll just uh, Abada will just that'll be a little bit pace and try and get proper wingers in and things like that. Um, but I for my team I've heart and goals. Ralston obviously is got to play, I don't think Juranovic will be back by then. Um, Starfield and Carter because I think they need to play every game up until the, until the Rangers game, because I think right now yep. that's their best back uh, centre-half pairing, so you've got to just get them back in. I thought Starfield was actually brilliant at the weekend. Um, I agree. I'm, I'm putting Taylor at left-back, because Burnaby was out last night. I don't know if he had his car keys on him, but let's hope he didn't. <laughs> I, I can't, <laughs> see, can't see him being back in the house for this time yet. To come Wednesday, so I think Taylor will be in. Um, midfield three, I think, will just stay the same. I think it'll be McGregor, Hatati, O'Reilly. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm leaving Haksavanovic out because I'm assuming he's no fat. I don't know. I don't know if he's fat or no. Um, but I'm putting, I'd put a bad in. I'd put Jota left, and I'm, I'm going to go with Gigi up front. Got to go with Gigi up front. There you go. Um, I, I also did the same. Uh, Franco, I went for Joe Hart and goal. Ralston, Carter Vickers, Starfelt for the reasons you outlined, Greg Taylor as well. I went for the same midfield three, Hattati, McGregor and O'Reilly. And I had Jota on the left, James Forrest on the right. I thought this might be a game uh, for James. And I I went with Yakimakis up front as well. um, Because I think Kyogo will be back in for the St. Johnson game. Um, Yeah, very, very fair point, Paul. That's, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Take it with a punch of so can't really argue with that. And uh, I think I'll go for I'll go for three as well. Uh, I think so will be pretty comfortable on the night. So fingers crossed uh for a good result and uh, just keep this one in machine <coughs> uh, on Wednesday night. Um so in terms of Celtic content, boys, that's kind of us for tonight. But as you know, whenever I'm on, I like to do a wee agree to disagree, but um I thought could do a few different topics, but I think there's only one to do tonight. So for anyone that you know the, the regular listeners, you know we absolutely haven't stole it from uh, Lad Bible's <laughs> show of the same name. I'll just say a statement. It's not necessarily my own opinion, but it's just a you know a, a, a statement. And the boys have got four options to choose from. You either strongly agree or just agree or disagree or strongly disagree. You can't have any sitting on the fence nonsense on the agree to disagree round. So. There's just one debate, uh, just one topic tonight, guys. And Stephen, I'm going to come to you first because I know you've been itching to talk about them all night. Um, so the statement is this. The debate is settled and there can be no further um, there can be no further chat to be had on the matter. Lionel Messi's World Cup win for Argentina yesterday cements him as the greatest footballer, not only of his of any generation. For me personally, I strongly agree. Strongly agree? Because okay. my generation is all I've grew up with, is Messi and his counterpart who was always competing with him, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. I think this guy is an absolute 
a hero. Like in, in terms of a footballing sense, he has he's achieved everything in the game. An Argentina team, by the way, who wasn't filled what what wasn't filled with quality players from top to bottom. Yeah, I mean McAllister, Brighton, Martinez, who was literally Arsenal's second choice goalkeeper at one stage, playing in the like ninth tier of English football at one point in his career. So you have to look at all these aspects of his World Cup win. Do you know what I mean? And people say that this team was fitted around Messi, but it, it wasn't everything geared through him. Like you would see with like Ronaldo and stuff like that. If he didn't receive the ball, he would throw a hissy fit. Or Messi just played for the team. The team played for him. The clothes, the Harry, they, they'd done everything and he won that cup and it was fantastic. I thought they messed it up the right three times. It was like, wow, what's going on here? Oh, wow. But <clears throat> Messi, like, <clears throat> when you see the footage of him, a, a young age just coming through the ranks and Rosario and his, his local teams new, new old boys and things like that and he, he's just an incredible and at Barcelona there's Danny Boy I'm sure we'll, we'll understand why in a minute Danny Boy but he's he's a magician he does things that you don't see coming and his gameplay has changed he's adapted because he knows that he, do, he doesn't have that burst of speed or taking six or seven players on and all that type of stuff he, he can find passes like the goal against Croatia he took probably the best performing defender. He took him back mm. to school and, and got Guardio or Gavardio. Uh-huh. We played against him in, in uh, RB Leipzig in the Champions League. He took him to school. He sent him back for a school dinner. So, I mean, he just mm-hmm. come around him. He stopped. He, he, he twisted. He moved. He was away. He couldn't get the ball. And then he assisted um, Alvarez, for, Alvarez for the goal. And just little things like that. Little things to his armour. So, I mean, it's not all about him scoring. He assists for the team. He, he just wants to do it. And, Remember the stick he used to get playing for Argentina? Like all the fans said, he doesn't give the, his, his, all his effort like he does for Barcelona. And obviously, when they lost the, the World Cup final in 2014 and the Cup of American, was it 2016? I think it was. Then he retired again. He, he retired from international football because he was thinking it wasn't for him. And then it all changed. <clears throat> and I think what makes it more class as well the, the, the coach is around about the same age as Messi. Man, it's incredible. Yeah. He, what, what was the stat? He he was coaching in some like obscure league like five I just years know, ago. I, I over as, as like caretakers because like I think yeah, what does the money cost Argentina to get rid of who was already there? They couldn't really afford to go and get Could a decent name. Else, so he was yeah. there about, and then like I think he's won fifty games or something, or like about forty oh. games, and it's a and they were f- winning the Copa America and the World Cup. Yeah, all within what eighteen months? eighteen months or something. Mental. It's 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 madness. And like you look at Messi as well. I know people say he slowed down at slowed down at PSG, but within this calendar year, he's he scored over thirty three goals. So you, you can't really say he's actually went to zero. He's still contributing in some sort of aspect to the team. And yeah, Noah has Neymar and Mbappe, but you still have to put the numbers up. You still have to prove you can play with the best. And Messi's doing that. Messi's doing that. And for me, he, in my opinion, there was no debate between him and Ronaldo. I always thought it was Messi and never once ever looked in Ronaldo's direction because human being ways as well. Messi wins it a hundred times. Football, football and ability wins it a hundred times for me. And he's won the World Cup. Cream to the crop, cream to the crown. Do I mean it's incredible? Incredible. I'm the guy is you argue your case very well, Stephen. Um, so it's a strongly agree for you. Um, what about yourself, Franco? I would say, I would say I would disagree. No, because <coughs> like, it's, it's hard because obviously we, we just maybe 
not really much that we can remember, but never obviously in Pele, guys like George Best and that, David Chibby Johnson, we've only got tales about these guys, even Maradona, we only really caught him lately. And if you hear, like I've sure we've all watched the, the Maradona documentary, like the, the kicks he got was ridiculous and the pitches mm-hmm. he's played on. And I think as much as you can look at all Messi's honours, with Maradona as well, you've got to go, well, Napoli only won things when he was there. I've no one in the sense, and I think going by what folk tell you when you listen to folk, this World Cup win for Argentina is similar to 86, where mm-hmm. Messi kind of dragged them to that, whereas Maradona dragged them through it as well. Um, but it's even just to go to like the Messi, I've I'm probably just got to just prove the fickleness of football fans because you asked me this question maybe three days ago, Anthony. I'm probably got to. <laughs> got to say, I've got to say Ronaldo is the best that I think you can't hit you all got Cristiano aye 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 Cristiano like, you can't take away what the guy has done in football he's went to various leagues won things scored mm-hmm. over 100 goals at each of these teams which is ridiculous to think That's about it. Um, and it's it is one of the ones where you can you can like one if it called another one but I don't think there's any right or wrong answer with the, the whole mess of Ronaldo thing. But You know me, naturally, with my team, Frank Walker, uh, my team, I love them both. Always uh, have. Um, but sorry, uh, I'll let you, you finish the point. So, and I think Ronaldo suffers a bit for, for the media where it's there's a narrative drive against that Ronaldo. It's it's all about me, me, me. I mean, there might be a bit of arrogance in it, but the guy backs everything up. The guy's like arguably the best goals, easily the best goals in your lifetime. So all the arrogance well, can... because Messi scored more than. Aye, but shut up, Stephen. That just fucked my point up, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, if, you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna make that point, then Messi has scored more goals than Ronaldo. Right. Right. but Ronaldo's still ridiculously good. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, man. I'm just, sorry. I know, but and like they've all they've both won. Similar similar trophies, the amount of Champions Leagues, Ballon d'Ors, all that carry on. Obviously, Ronaldo's got the European Championships, Portugal, eh, Messi's got the Copa America, which is probably like comparison with the, the sort of the competitions. And Ronaldo did, although he didn't feature, like got injured early doors in the final, we did drag Portugal through that tournament. Yeah. Um, and I think this tournament, everybody, like, I thought Portugal could have been an outside chance because they're a ridiculous, ridiculously good team. Mm-hmm. But I think it was true that they looked for Ronaldo too much in the competition where it was Messi just done Messi things in this tournament. And like, Messi, like to, to turn up at the World Cup and not just to, like obviously, I don't think he would have, nobody would have cared their hoop if Messi scored one goal and Argentina won it. It's kind of the, the media want. Maradona, he wanted Messi to win a World Cup before he retired, and and I think that goes also goes back to the whole the way the media treat him and Ronaldo. The media weren't interested. I don't. I think a lot of media would have hated Ronaldo to win the World Cup. Absolutely hated. I mean, you look at the te- the game where the boy I can't remember the boy's name, but the I can't remember his name was Ramos or the boy that scored the hat trick that day where mm-hmm. Ronaldo got dropped in the first game. He got dropped. Um. I don't agree with that either because that's that's coming down to the APL judges players and that you know, you're only judged if you play in the APL. I don't know, I don't think leagues leagues really matter to that extent. Um, well, you, you did say Ronaldo played in various different leagues, so I know that's what I mean. He played in various but different that, leagues, but, then, but, and, but, then, but that was your, that was your basis of saying 
they were going to say Ronaldo, but this is, I mean, Monty's kind of saying that as well. You have to play in different leagues. I don't think you have to. Like, that's, you can't be, I mean, not that same Pele playing, but you can't be telling me Pele's rubbish just because he, he played in Brazil. I'm not having that for a, for a, for a, for a chance. <laughs> um, no, Pele, but, obviously Pele's, he's a master. Uh, like, um, but, like, that boy, like the boy, the Portuguese boy that scored the first goal, then suddenly there's a picture of Ronaldo sitting there facing, there facing the bench. It's like, ah, oh, look at Ronaldo, he's raging. It's like, but then they choose to ignore the fact where he celebrated with the team and all that. And you're like, mm. so I think there is a media side of wanting, they like to drag maybe Ronaldo down a wee bit. But, ah, uh, so the kind of a long winded way, I'm probably. Probably are in the side of Messi. <coughs> I think it's a lot. It's not based on yesterday, and twice, twice there was a couple of minutes away from winning a hundred thirty quid because I'd a bet on Messi being top goal scorer in Argentina to win it. So I uh, about five minutes to go, I'm sitting with hundred thirty quid, and then three minutes to go at the end, I'm at extra time. I'm sitting with, but I, I'm probably got like, I think it. I would disagree with your statement saying that is he the greatest of all time because it's hard to compete. Is he the greatest in my, oh, my generation? I, I would say in my generation, it probably is, and a lot of that's based on yesterday. Maybe if Ronaldo somehow goes and acts mental for the next two years and wins stupid honours, like I know he's training with Real Madrid, if he goes and somehow gets a contract and somehow wins another couple of Champions League, I might start going back to Ronaldo to being the best. It's a wee bit of... A wee bit of yesterday's playing a big part in the same mess of the now, but uh, if you asked me three, four days ago, I would have probably said Ronaldo, Anthony. <laughs> what you say? Um, yeah, so I have to say, in terms of the, the statement, as in, and it's actually for the same reason that Franco outlined, I'm, I'm going to disagree, and and it's purely, and, and it's not, I mean, I, I mean, my missus was saying she'd never seen me even animated like that yesterday, sometimes even oh, watching I a, a derby. I was so eager for him to win it because I think he does deserve it. I think he's a mercurial talent. I think he's a, 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 and he's incredible to watch. I think, like you said, as, as a human being, he seems to be a, a really good guy as, as well, Stephen. But just his talent on the pitch, I think, I think it's slightly the World Cup. And I, I, this is where I agree with you, Franco, as well, in terms of the, the difference between the two. I don't ever think there was, and it's probably even just with the nationality of them, Ronaldo absolutely would have been driven to win a World Cup for Portugal. He's a proud Portuguese man, of course he is. But I think Ronaldo is not compared to Eusebio in the same way that Messi has had this pressure of being the heir to Diego's throne all his life. And it's for, and it's for, a, for a long time that looked like that. He was never going to step out the shadow. And of course, Diego... I mean, Diego Maradona was almost like a freedom fighter in an Argentinian top. You know, he was he was that kind of he he, he was a flawed genius, but it, it, because he he wore his heart on his sleeve, the Argentinians just adore him. He's like a god to, to them now, and I think having to live with that kind of pressure must be very very difficult. And I think that's why I was desperate, and a lot of other people were desperate for Messi to win it yesterday. And I think you're you're right as well, Franco. I think. Of course, I don't remember the tournament. I wasn't alive, but when you you know, I've watched enough of the the highlights and stuff to know what a wonderful tournament Maradona had in '86, and he did drag a quite average Argentinian side to a World Cup. I think Messi's done 
similar in this tournament. I don't think this is a team. Obviously, you've got the likes of Di Maria and stuff, but they're, they're a very workmanlike team. You know, you you know McAllister and 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 others, well, but they're they're not they're not this this is not Brazil of nineteen seventy or nineteen eighty two or you know what some of the the all time great sides like that. They're a, they're a, they're, a, they're a good team with a with an absolute superstar, an aging superstar, uh, in the mix. But what a what I think, what was great about yesterday is him and obviously the the next generation Mbappe. The the two of them brought their their A game. They, they couldn't uh, have left anything left on the on the pitch last night. Thanks, that's what made it such a fantastic final. But I think pure. I think of. I think I, I agree with you now. Actually, I think yesterday kind of cements him as the best of this generation. I, I, I really do. I, and, and I say that as somebody like yourself who's a massive Ronaldo fan. I love Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, I love Matt. Massively. I don't like the fact, obviously, he's done this interview with mm-hmm. Piers Morgan. And um, although there's elements of that interview and, and accusations he makes that have got to be investigated, I think. Um, and of course, the way that perhaps it's ended with Portugal, and if there's rumours true that he's going to sign for a Saudi Arabian club, it's it's kind of been a little bit abrasive to to you know that to, to the legacy as he always playing at the top level and stuff. That was always Ronaldo's claim, and, and he's more than backed that up. I think he's an incredible footballer, but I just think with everything that Messi's had to endure in terms of winning over the Argentinian support mm. as much as well as obviously everything that he's won at Barcelona as well. I think yesterday just, <coughs> just made some shit for this generation. But I think just purely because football's ever-changing in terms of, you, you know, like we said, Pele, Maradona, Cruyff, George Best, uh, and the rest, you know, the original Ronaldo as well. You know, mm. I, I think you're trying to are completely different types of players. You even look, you know, like you know, the midfielders or, or defenders, you know, your Franz Beckenbauer, your, your Platinis, Van Basten, Sedans, Ronaldinho. But there's been so many. Aaron Moy as well, of course, Stephen. But you know, there's been, there's been so many um football in this, you know, this last you know century and a bit. We've had so many great players that I think it's hard to distinctly say that. Any player is the greatest of all time because they're all they're all different and they've all done their their different um, <laughs> general ball bag. Fair enough, Gary. <laughs> and, um, but uh, I just think it's hard to ever say that one player is the absolute greatest. But um, oh, I think if you, can, if, you, if you can be the best of your own generation, then you're not doing too badly. But I, I must admit, um, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one yesterday. I was I was delighted to see him win it. And, and, Mbappe's a wonderful talent as well, but I think his time, A, it's already been, of course, he's won mm. a World Cup already, and I'm sure it'll come again, and I'm sure he'll break all, all records. Oh, I think Burnley, brilliant, Jed. Um, I'm the sure Mbappe's time will come again. We're mental. All of it, Burnley's cost more in transfer fees than Messi. <laughs> That's scary. It's generally scary. Uh, <laughs> probably more than a lot of players as well, like all the you know, uh, kind of greats of this time, when you, when you think about it. So, um, so I'm going to disagree that he's the greatest of all time purely because I don't think you can say that anyone is the greatest of all time. But I think if you were to rephrase it and say he's the best of this generation, then I would have to agree with it now. Um, you made you. the question. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> 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 my rules. My rules. My rules, aye. 
But uh, but that brings the show to an end uh, tonight, guys. Um, you enjoyed it. Ah, it was good, man. Brilliant. Good. Class. <coughs> so it's always good to be back on talking about um, regular Celtic stuff rather than... I love doing the spin-offs, don't get me wrong, but it's sometimes nice just to keep up to date with the current affairs. Oh, and, yes. um, yeah, I'll... Um, this, this is my last time on before, uh, before obviously, the Christmas break and stuff, so a very happy Christmas to all the... All the uh, endless sales viewers and thanks for all your support. And we'll, we'll keep you going. Yep. I hope everyone has a great time when it comes. And uh, so, Stephen, I'll leave you to promote Friday's show and uh, and then do the, your famous outro. So, happy Christmas, yeah. everyone. That's a, that's a thing going on. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Alfie said, we'll, <coughs> fuck me. we'll be back again Friday with our usual uh, podcast, looking, looking back at the Living the game and then looking forward. And as you said there, hopefully the break's coming up, but we're going to be doing our Who Wants to Be a Millionaire quiz. John is coming back for that. That's on the 30th of this month, isn't it? Uh, yeah, 30th, 30th, yeah. 30th, yep. So that, that's another one to look forward to. Get a couple of beers and wine, whatever your alcoholic beverage is. Absolutely. But until then, until Friday, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel. <laughs>